Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're in a brand new series, week one here of the series called He Said, She Said. If you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 2. And I just want to take a look at this fascinating subject called uh, men and women, male and female. I mean, I'm telling you what, I, I, I know that so many of you out there think about the opposite sex a lot. And uh, that, that's if you're married or single. And, and I don't know if you know this or not, but like, I am a confused person. Um, so when I speak today, before I even begin, I need you to do something for me. Um, my wife will attest to this. I don't know a lot about women. And um, what that means is, is that uh, I need you to give me some grace and I need you to give me the benefit of the doubt. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. And so what I try to do then is because I'm not an expert. I try to go to the Bible because I think the Bible is an expert. Can I, can I get a, yeah. That's where we go for our knowledge and insight and wisdom and information as we go into the scripture. And the Bible has some incredibly fascinating things to say about men and women and what makes us so unique, what makes us so different, and then how that works when it comes to our relationships, whether you're dating or whether you're married. And so I can't wait to dive into the subject of, of men and women. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, we're, we're different. And we're different in our, our plumbing, we're different in our brain, we're different in our makeup, we're different in our purposes, we're different in our origins, we're different in, in how everything works. Everything is so very, very different. I'll, I'll give you some, some ideas here. Like men are different. Like when they go shopping, they will pay $20 for a $10 item that they really, really want, right? But women, they, they're different. They will pay $10 for a $20 item that they don't want right? It's just different. I don't, I don't know. Like, but it was on sale. Yeah, but you still spent money. It don't, it don't matter. Um, like, like here, here's a thought. If you have kids out there, you know what I'm talking about. Women actually know so much about their children. They know when their dentist appointment is. They know their greatest hopes and dreams and fears. They know every detail of their life. Men are vaguely aware that small people run around the house. That's just different. Um, here, here's a thought. A woman has never lost an argument and she always gets the last word in any argument. Have you ever noticed that? She always gets, and the reason why we know this is because anything you say after that is just the beginning of a new argument. And that's, that's how women are. Um, some guy said, do you know what the difference between women and terrorists are? Terrorists negotiate. They negotiate. Hey, girls, you'll love this. Hey, what's the difference between a, a man and a bond, a government bond? Bonds mature. Bonds mature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, we're just different. And, and here's what the Bible says. If you have your Bible, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 2 real quick here because I want you to see some incredible thoughts on, on this, this idea that God has made us different. The Bible says in verse 26, I'm sorry, this is Genesis 1, 26. We haven't even gotten to 2, and then we'll get into 3 even. Genesis 1 says this. It says, then God said, let us. Everybody say us. It says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creation that move along the ground. So God makes mankind, the Bible says that mankind is the apple of his eye, the apex of his creation, that I don't know if you recognize this or not, but you're different. Animals are great, but they're different, right? They don't have the way that God has made human beings is uniquely different, and you are different. We are not evolutionary beings that evolves from single-cell organisms that were basically a byproduct of time plus chance plus space, 
You're not. And you're different than animals. God put something in you that makes you uniquely different. As a matter of fact, in a second, we'll see that God breathed into mankind the breath of life and mankind became a speaking spirit. And so anyway, you're just different and you were given dominion over all things. And then this is what it says. It said, so it's this general idea of mankind. But verse 27, he says, so God created man in his own image, which means you look like God. And in the image of God, he created him, mankind, male and what? Female, he created them. So like God's design from the beginning is that there is a difference. Now, in the beginning, it said that let us make man. I want you to think about this. When God says let us make man, who is us? Us is the Trinity. Us is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, God is one, but he is three at the same time, and there is no other comparable thing in the universe that compares to something that is three and one all at the same time. And so God is is without comparison in that sense. But think about this. God is ultimate unity with diversity. And so then you are made in his image and likeness, and so God has made man and woman that is unity with incredible what? Diversity. Y'all are different, but you're made in the image of God, and that's why we are made incredibly different. Obviously, the the, the, the plumbing is different. The hardware is different. But I, I want to go beyond that because I want you to know that for whatever reason, our brains and our chemistry and our emotions and our soul is just as different as our physical makeup. Why do you think we are so frustrated with each other so much of the time? Because we're so different. And I want you to know this. Our differences, hopefully by the end of this series, are something that we figure out. Those differences can be incredible. They can be great. They need to be explored. And they need to be celebrated. And if I learn how to explore and celebrate the differences of man and woman, then I'm telling you what, marriage becomes more blissful. Relationships become more meaningful. And God has made us this way. So here's a thought. This is a really, really common one. On average... Women speak about 25,000 words a day. How many of you heard this? And I've, I've seen different ones, but it's all generally the same. Women speak on average about 25,000 words a day. Men speak on average only about 10,000 words a day. Do you know what that means? That means by the time that men get home, they are wore out. They have spent up their 10,000 words. And that's why when, when you come into the door, you are ready, ladies, to tell your man all about your day and what happened and with the kids. And, and, and you will create conversations and you will tell us stories. And then you will get into a dynamic where actually the length of the story that you have told is actually now longer than the length of the experience you had. You will create past, present, and future moments into one thing that just had to do with you going to the grocery store. And it's because you, your, your heart is so full. And then you ask him how his day was, and what does he say? I got one word. Fine. It was fine. It's fine. It's good. And this is why, this is why domestic violence is, is, is so much more. <laughs> oh, y'all are jumping to conclusions here. Uh, th- th- think about this. The, the 90% plus of domestic violence is men. Why? Because they don't have words. They literally, they're, they're, they don't have words. And because they're broken in their soul and they don't have words, that the only way that they can express themselves is physically and with anger. And, and so anyway, I want you to know, like, some of your differences, they need to be figured out, explored, celebrated. Some of them need to be healed. And so anyway, here's another one. This is fascinating. Men and women, in their deepest sleep, 70% of the male brain is shut down. How many of you believe that? Some of y'all think when we're awake, it's shut down. Um, in their deepest sleep, 
a woman's brain is still 90% active. Y'all are busy, even at night. Here, ladies, y'all know what that means? Here, here's, I'm, I'm going to set somebody free here. You know what that means? He actually didn't hear the baby cry. I, I promise. Like, you were like, God, don't you hear the baby? He really doesn't. I promise he does not hear that baby cry. 90% of his brain is shut down. You're going to have to wake him up, then let him become coherent, and then be like, go get the baby. And so just a thought. Here's another one. Um, In our brain and in our makeup, women have two X chromosomes, and men only have one X chromosome. And so what, what this means is, and it goes into the unique differences of men and women. Have you ever noticed how most, and now let me, let me say something before I continue. Everything I'm going to say is a generalization. It's, it's a bit of a stereotype, meaning generally it holds true, and most of the time it holds true. Because I'm going to say something right now, and then some of you dudes are going to be like, but, but I'm not like that. And you're going to think, am I part girl? And you are. Um, <laughs> you, you may, uh, no, you're, you're a dude, but there's exceptions. That you're a dude, you're a girl, but there's exceptions. It's ladies, I'm going to say something, you're like, well, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. And, and then you're going to write me a strongly worded email, and um, <laughs> I'm not going to read it. So Hey, y'all want to know something funny? Last time I did a, a series where I talked about male and female differences, dude, I straight up got a strongly worded email. And, um, and I wasn't so savvy back in the day then, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and this person like went off on me for like what felt like five pages front and back anyway. Um, but there was no questions in it. Like it was all statements, no questions. Cause I thought, well, if you ask me a question, I'll respond. If you ask me, why'd you say this? Or what do you think about this? Or we, I'll, I'll respond. There were no questions in it. So at the end of it, I just said, thanks. And um, in hindsight, that didn't go over well with her X chromosome. And so anyway, but women too. So, so, so have you ever noticed how women are naturally better dressers than men are? You notice how they see the, the colors and schemes and they see how things are supposed to be like, my wife is queen of accessories and she puts it all together and she looks so good. You know what I do? I put on my clothes in the morning and I say, babe, does this look good? That's what I do. Cause she's got two X chromosomes. So like, like boys, you see the rainbow, you know what I'm talking about? You see primary colors. That's green. That's blue. That's red. They see chartreuse and we don't even think that's real. But y'all, y'all have that X, X chromosome more than we do. Here, here's, here's a fascinating one. This is, this is, this is why the, the, the thing made so much sense. Because this is what I do with the refrigerator or in the cupboard or the cabinet when I can't find stuff. Do you know that women have 180 degree peripheral vision? Like your vision is different than a man's. Now a man is different because man, a man has uh, better and increased long distance vision. This is why men typically make better hunters, right? Because they got that long laser focus long distance vision, but women have peripheral vision. So that's why, like, so example, like when I go and, and you, ladies watch this, the next time he goes to the cupboard or into the refrigerator, this is what he'll do. He either go like this. And then when he looks, he'll like, why do you think his head bobs? Because of the way his eyes work. And so he's like, and y'all think we're dumb. We just don't got vision like y'all. Okay. We're, we're slower in the peripheral then y'all, as a matter of fact, we're, we're hanging out the other night and there's a few couples and these girls want to play this game called nerds. Anybody ever played nerds before? Oh, it's insane. And so, 
And I'm doing all this study on men and women differences, and it just dawned on me why women are so good at nerds. And it has to do with the fact that, and we'll get to this in a second, you you ladies are better at multitasking than men are. Men are more singular focused. You're more unilateral in your focus. And then y'all increase that with your peripheral vision. So when I'm playing nerds, if you don't know, it's got like seven, eight different stacks of cards, and you got to go find them. I'm literally doing this. Oh, there's one. And then she beats me to it. And so... That, that's, that's why that is. Here, here's a thought. Women's skin is 10 times more sensitive than a man's skin. Yeah. So give them a little tender. Right now, just with your wife. I love you, baby. Um, men, you have 20% more bone density. So good for you. Um, this is why generally men can jump higher, uh, run faster, and die younger. That's, that's pretty much why that works out like that. Um, uh, men, here, here's a thought. Whenever you're focused on something, specifically if you're reading something, when you're reading something, the part of your brain that hears and listens goes down drastically. This is why, have you ever like, remember your dad or somebody, you know, back when you had to have maps and you're on a trip and he's like, shut up back there. And he's yelling at you to shut up because he can't read the map. Or remember, remember your dad, same thing. Your dad would be on the phone and then like noise would be going on and they'd be like, shut up over there. I can't hear. And be like, Hey, so what's going on? And, and it's because they cannot focus. I do this all the time. Whenever I like read instructions, how many dudes struggle with like building stuff like from Ikea? I hate that place. Um, and then they, man, this was the worst. One time I'm building something and, and they had like six, six different instructions in like five different languages and I picked the wrong one and I put it together backwards and I'm so angry. But like my kids know this. My kids literally like leave the house when I have to build something because I cannot focus with them crazy people running around my house and I have to like focus my attention to read something. So anyway, just, just a thought. This is why, again, um, women, this, this is, the, this is the, one of the big ones. Women have 40%, listen to this, 40% more connective tissue between their right brain and left brain. 40% more connective tissue. This goes into why women are incredible at multitasking. This is why you can do three things, all four things. My wife is so weird. My wife will have people over, and my wife can actually engage in three unique conversations all at the same time. Or guys, you ever been like this? Like you'll be at a party and you'll be over here talking to your, your dudes and be like, yeah, I remember them. And your wife is like 10 feet away. And you're like, yeah, what, what, what was his name? Your wife said, it was Jerry. And you don't even know how like she was, she was like eavesdropping on you is what you thought. So be careful, dudes. They have super hearing too. Hey, my wife has super smell, dude. She could be used by police to find missing people. Um, so I can't get away with anything in that department either. Um. Here, here's another one talking about the multitasking one. If you, if you don't, if you don't believe this, uh, ladies, I want you to watch your husband, um, brush his teeth next time he brushes his teeth. You ever notice how like men make a mess of the counter and the, and then there's, there's the speckles like flung up on the, on the, yeah, you're, yeah, I'm sorry. And so, uh, but, but watch this. So like women, women, y'all are so awesome. When y'all brush your teeth, you can literally do your hair, do your makeup, change a diaper, um, you know, make an appointment, take a phone call. You can do and, and all while brushing your teeth and never spill one drop. Y'all are incredible. Watch a man. Watch. If a man is right-handed, he usually stands about shoulder-width apart. He braces himself with his left hand. He braces himself with his left hand, and then literally, like women, y'all will stand still and just move. A man moves his head. We're not weird. We're just different. 
Just embrace us. Just embrace us. Um, again, going back to like, like a man, when a man uh, gets into a conversation with another person, normally he just kind of looks at the person because men are visually dominant in all of their per- perceptive tools, like all, all of their things. They're, they're visually dominant, which we can talk about that too. But anyway, we're visu- be visually generous, ladies, but we're visually dominant. Women are not visually dominant. You are all dominant. You are great at everything. And so like this is, this is why there's this thing called women's intuition. It's because every one of their senses is heightened, and we like we, like we we'll just stare at your mouth and like make sure we can follow what you're saying. And a woman takes in everything: sight, sound, color, mood, atmosphere, tone, body language, everything. And then and then you'll get done with a conversation, and be like, I think something's wrong with Bob. Like Bob said, he was fine. You know, it's like they have this women's intuition because they're literally picking up on everything. Here, here's a thought. 90, 95% of children um, that are diagnosed with hyperactivity, they're boys. They're boys. Uh, watch this. At all ages between 6 and 19, human males are better than females at moving a beam of light to, a, to hit a moving target, which is code for we were better at blowing things up. That's what we're, we're better. Well, we can blow things up better. That's, that's it. Um, here's another one. Um, a, a little, just little, cause I'm telling you, this isn't something that's developed. This is not culture. This is not development. Like even at an early age, like there was a Harvard study that watched preschoolers. And what they found was, is that when they listened to little girls that were in preschool, 90% of their words were actually recognizable words. Over 50% of the sounds that boys made were sound effects. So, so go listen to like a playground. Girls are talking. Boys are like. <laughs> Last one, and we'll move more into the Bible. Babies from two to four days old, um, even, even at that age, a baby girl can actually maintain eye contact with a silent adult. They can maintain eye contact for 10 times as long as a little boy does their relational connection. See, and then the reason why is this is because like, like the way that your mind works, ladies is your mind. If we were to open that thing up, it is a, basically a ball of wire that is all connected. Everything connects to everything. So guys, listen to me. The reason why you're, why you think your wife's tripping is because everything's connected. So if something went on in her day that day, and then you wonder why she's not warming up now that the kids are in bed and, and you, what you don't know is, is that everything that happened in her day, is connected to what she's going through right now. Like everything's connected. Everything is all, that's why they feel and sense things. Guys, your mind is, is way, way different. Your mind is like a bunch of boxes. So for example, like the way a mind uh, of a man works is like you have categories of life. So you got like a, a, a work box, you got a marriage box, you got a, you got a kid box, yeah, and then what you this is and this is why they drive us crazy, guys. Is they'll they'll want to talk about stuff, and so we're like, okay, well, let's talk. And so we'll talk about the kids. We're gonna pull the kid box off. We're gonna open it up. Let's talk about the kid box, and then they're gonna change on you and start talking about something different. So you're like, okay, fine, I'm gonna put the kid box away. All right, let's pull out the marriage box. Let's talk about that. And she will just move and flow and do this. This wire system is going everywhere, and we just want and no box touches the other box. Don't. Don't cross what's in the box. And then men also, this drives women crazy. Men have, um, men typically have a box. It's the best. It's the nothing box. Ladies, you ever wonder why we can zone out and do nothing for long periods of time? It's because it's awesome. And y'all are mad because y'all can't do that because your brain won't stop. Even when you're sleeping, 90% of it. 
I'm telling you what, a man can sit there and watch a football game on classic ESPN. He already knows who won. It don't matter. I'm just happy to not think about anything. And it's beautiful. And then, and this is what you'll do. Hey, what are you thinking about? Nothing. No, you've got to be thinking about something. I know you're thinking about something. There's something going on in that mind of yours. I promise you, it's nothing. And it's wonderful. And we, listen, listen, we love you, but we don't want you in there. Because if, if you got in our nothing box, then it wouldn't be a nothing box. It'd be something because you'd be up in there. So leave us alone. Why do you think a guy can zone out on a video game for hours? It drives y'all crazy that we can do that. But listen, and this is, this is go back. Women are way better gifted and, and designed and built for multitasking and doing five different things all at the same time. But this is why men, men thrive. If you give them one task, one goal, and that's all they have to focus on, they can do that for an issue. My wife cannot do any one thing for more than 10 minutes. She can't, she can't do it. She's like a little butterfly. She's like, I'm going to go over here, and then I'm going to go over here. Man, give me one thing to do. I can think about one thing for hours, and it doesn't bother me. So my, my point in saying this all is that when God said he made mankind, but then he made them male and female, I need you to know that, that that's legit. Okay, that's a real thing that God has made us so very, very different. But I'm telling you what, we are beautifully different because sometimes in life you need something that just needs to be focused on for hours upon hours upon hours and some things need to be multitasking some people need to be perceptive can, can you imagine if the world was only men like how gross would that be and so but then then two think think for a second ladies because y'all know y'all know what i'm saying right now think if the world was only ladies so anyway there's a beautiful harmony and a beautiful compliment. There's a beautiful set of differences between us. God made us male and female. So we are different in our makeup. But watch this. We're even different in our purpose. Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God. Okay, so let me explain this real quick. In Genesis 1, it's like a generic description of God making mankind. In Genesis 2, it's a descriptive version of how exactly he made Adam and Eve. So watch this. This gets even crazier. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. This is why men are dirty and they don't mind being dirty. This is why men can smell and they don't care that they smell. They are made from dirt. So stop judging us. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So the, think about it. Just follow what is, what is happening here. Now the Lord God had formed out of, the, oh, sorry, I skipped a verse. Verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good. Everybody say, not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. Ladies, think about your husband real quick here. What happens when he is left alone for too long? Sometimes it's not good. And, and even to the human soul, I believe, generally speaking, that, 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 that singleness is not necessarily the rule as much as the exception. And some people are blessed with the gift of singleness. And one of my best friends, Shane, loves being single. He brags about it. He champions the banner of singleness. But we had a great conversation last time he's here because I was like, I don't think most people are good at being single because singleness usually leads to selfishness. Because when you live a life where you don't answer to nobody and you're not accountable to anybody and you do what you want, when you want, how you want, you spend your money, all you know, when you live like that for an extended period of time, I think that has some negative consequences. So while some people are gifted to do that, which I think Shane is, 
Most people I don't think are. It is not good typically that we're alone. And so God says, well, I know what I'll do. I'll make a helper suitable to him. Let's keep reading. Now the Lord God, this is the very next verse, had formed out of the ground all the beast. So God makes all these animals. Beasts of the field and the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Notice God didn't name animals. Who made an, Who named them? Man did. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So, so when like a little elephant came along, elephant, you know, and it was like, all right, I would have said something different, but yeah, we'll, we'll go for that. And so anyway, that's what happened. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was what? No suitable helper found. And this is basically what that means. Like, that's really hairy, and that smells, and that's dirty, and that one, I don't want to cuddle that, and I don't want to kiss that, and I don't want to this. And, and so God's like, none of these work. See, I told you. He had to, like, convince man. You know what I mean? This ain't going to work. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took out one of man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. So, guys, you're made from what? Dirt. Ladies, y'all are made from a clean bone. Y'all are clean, clean bone. Y'all aren't made from dirt. Y'all are different. And so God made man, or God made woman from the rib he had taken out of man and then brought her to man. And now I want you to think about this too. Like, man was asleep when y'all were being made. That's why we don't get you. We weren't there. We were unconscious. We had just gone through a surgical procedure. We woke up. We were very, we were very drugged. We were very, we were, we were out of it. And then all of a sudden, God's like, "Look, look what it is—a woman." And we're like, "Whoa, whoa, man!" And so, so He said, "This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman," which actually means man with a womb. That's that's really where that comes from. So, so look, it, it, you know, if you if you've got something in you that makes you think, look, either got a womb or you don't, okay? So you're a man with a womb, you're a womb man. And so anyway, that's the way that God made men and women. And I want you to know, man, that these are the beautiful differences. Because again, if you think mankind, like think about Adam, God looked at him and said, it's not good that man would be alone. Like there's something not right about this scenario. And I think God paints this picture just so that we can play into the picture. I think this was God's intent from the beginning. I don't think God was like, oh, I'll try it like this and see if it works. Like, nah, that's I'm going to try it like that. I don't think so. He just paints a picture so that we can buy into the process and see how it unfolds and so that we can understand one another a little bit better. But God creates male and female. Man and woman. Now, I want you to see some things here. Let's, let's talk about some differences. Again, I told you our makeup is different, but also our purpose. So let's talk about a few things. Number one is this, is that God created man first, right? Now, I need to correct something here because we have uh, basically 21st century Western minds and we perceive that first is better and it's not. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, in many ways, first is worst. If, if you don't believe me, when you read the Old Testament, what you'll find is that the firstborn always received judgment and the secondborn always received mercy. And so to be first wasn't necessarily something you were happy about. It was sometimes a burden or a responsibility that you had to bear. And so ways, you should never ever think, well, I don't like that they were, I don't, don't, trust me. That is, first does not mean best. That's Western 21st century thinking. To these people, sometimes first was worse. And so anyway, God just created him first. Second thought is this, is that man ordered his world with God before before God brought woman to man. So I want you to think about this, especially for all you young men out there. Or if you're, you're married, you might need to play catch up here. 
you need to order your world first. Because what happens is, is when you get married and you don't have your world in order, then all of a sudden you basically bring a woman in and then expect her to order your world. And then you end up married to your mom instead of married to your lover. Does that make sense? You're not married to your wife anymore. You're married to your caretaker because you're trying to make sure that she somehow puts your world into order. Man ordered his world first. So like basically get your stuff together. Can can I get amen? Like ladies, help me out here. Get your emotional stuff together. Get your mind together. Get your finances together as much into, and you'll never be perfect. But I'm telling you, one of the problems that you'll you'll make as, as a young couple is, is that you are so kind of broken or insecure or unwhole or incomplete and you believe that that other person you're like Jerry Maguire like you complete me and that's a movie that's dumb this is the bible okay and what the bible talks about is this is that you want to be as whole and complete and healthy in Jesus as you possibly can you'll never be perfect but as possible as you can because then this is what happens when you get into a relationship and you expect the other person to make you whole basically you just start spewing your dysfunction on them and the worst thing is when you have two very very unwhole people get together and then you end up with a codependent relationship so now all this Somebody was like, oh, man, I never knew that. Now you know. So, so man ordered his world with God before woman was brought to her. Lastly is this, the origin of man is responsibility. Where was, where was man at when God first made him? He came out of the dust and God put him in a garden and said, I want you to protect it and I want you to care for it. I want you to protect it and I want you to care for it. So the origin of man is essence, leadership, responsibility. Like this is what God has assigned. This is part of the idea first is that the first was responsible for certain things and it's different than woman. Let's, let's go over to woman. So again, woman was not created first. Woman was created second. Next is this. This is why she was created. She was created as a solution to a problem. I'm sorry, dude. That's just in the Bible. I didn't write this stuff. I just teach this stuff. And so, so think about it. God looks at man and says, something's not good. Something's not right. And you know what? Woman was designed to be the solution to something that was not necessarily broken, but something that was incomplete. Women, you're it. You're the answer. It's you. You should be excited about this. Last thought is this, and we'll keep moving. The origin of woman is helper. Now, again, 21st century Western mind. Kill that for a second. First doesn't mean better. Second doesn't mean lesser. And helper doesn't mean servant. So, guys, if you have this notion, if you grew up in church and you had these old school mentalities where you're like, that's right, she's going to submit and do what I tell her to do. And she's a servant. She's my helper. She's going to, you better go cook and better go. You better shut up. Uh you ain't going to be married long or you're going to have a wife that hates you. Helper does not mean servant. It's, it's not. Helper does not mean servant. So, guys, she's not your servant. As a matter of fact, and we'll get to this later, it's not what you think it is. It's the opposite, as a matter of fact. And so what you find is, is that the Hebrew word that's used for helper, everybody say azer. Azer. So the word helper literally means this. It means that basically to surround, to protect, or to aid. It means one who gives assistance in time of great difficulty. As a matter of fact, when you look at the word, because there's a different word for help that you could use in the Hebrew language, and there's a totally different word for servant, and the writer doesn't use either of those. This word, when you look at it throughout scripture, is either basically a description of what God does for us, or it's the thing that basically believers look for when they are in grave danger. What does that say about us, guys? 
that we were lost and God made woman. So watch, I'll prove it to you. Psalms 124, listen to this. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our what? Our Azar is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So basically, God uses his word, Azar, to compare to women and then to compare to what he does. Just a thought. Psalms 33, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our what? He is our Azar and our shield. And so don't ever misinterpret that first means better or second means lesser or helper means servant. These two roles are meant to be complementary because contrary to popular opinion, men and women are not equal in terms of what they do. They are absolutely equal in value. Your value is of the utmost importance to God. Like there is never a man that is more valuable than a woman simply because he is a man. And there is never a woman who is more valuable simply because she is woman. You are created equal in the eyes of God. Paul said there is no more uh, slave nor free, Greek nor this nor this. And he gets to the end, he goes, there's no more male or female. Like God doesn't look at you and say, well, you're a woman. And you were second, so go get in the back of the line. No, that's not what that meant. It had to do with what your roles are, what your purposes are, what your giftings are. And it doesn't mean that a woman can never take responsibility or that a man can never be a helper. It's just speaking to your design and your makeup. I want you to know, like, this is a good thing. It is a beautiful difference. Like, there's this debate right now in the military, and the debate is, is that should women be at these elite level of special forces? And the argument, there's two arguments. One of the arguments is, is well, going back to the men have 20% bigger bone density. Now, listen to me. Ladies, I know there's exception. There are a number of you that could probably beat me up. I will give you that. But generally speaking, men are bigger and stronger on the whole than women are on the whole. And when you're in these situations, what they're saying is, is that at, at, the, at the highest level, that, that the physical differences do matter. Now, this is what maybe is the more interesting argument. The more interesting argument that they're making is this, because they've watched troops and they've studied and seen how they react. And what they notice is, is that when a woman's in combat and a man sees her in danger, he is actually more likely to put the whole group at risk to go save her. Isn't that crazy? But think, he's designed to be a protector. He's designed to say, no, I'll die before you die. That's what he was designed to be. Why do you think little boys, when they daydream, there's always a damsel in distress and he's always the hero? It goes back to their DNA and their psyche and their makeup. And so anyway, this has to do with just kind of the origins of where we come from. Let, let's move forward here because we're going to talk about male and female even in more in more uniqueness in the next two weeks to come. Not, not only are they different in their makeup, not only different in their origins, they're different in how they're tempted. So let's move forward to Genesis chapter 3 and I'll, I'll try to wrap this up pretty quick. Genesis 3, it says that Adam and Eve were in the garden together and this is where the serpent comes in and there's a fruit and there's a tree you're not supposed to touch. We kind of know that story, most of us maybe. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye and a desire, a tree desirable to make one wise, meaning she's looking at all the benefits, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband who was, everybody say with her, with her and I lost my place and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and then made themselves coverings. Then they heard the Lord, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord said to Adam, where are you? And he said, well, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. 
And then God said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree from which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, well, the woman that you gave me, technically this is your fault. I'm just, I don't want to point fingers, but I didn't make her. You made her and then she did it. That's so funny to me. He, here's, I, I want you to see that they're, they're tempted even differently. What, what Eve's failure was is uniquely different than what Adam's failure was. The way that they were tempted, the way they processed, the way that they thought, the way that they either gave in or, 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 or surrendered to the temptation is very, very different. Because when you read the New Testament, Paul's writing about this, and he basically says that, that Eve was deceived in her thinking, but Adam was not. And it doesn't mean that, that one's better than the other. Basically, she believed a lie that she thought was true. Adam knew better and still did it anyway. Let's go further here. Eve believed that there was something that she didn't have that God was keeping from her. And that if she could just have it, then she would know all things and she would be satisfied. And there's a temptation that somehow, ladies, you are missing it. That there's an it out there. And if you had it, it would make you happy. And if I just had some more of this it or less of that it, then I would be whole. Then I would be complete. Everything would be in perfect harmony together. And so here's what, here's, here's what happens. Sometimes you think that because you're single, you could be married and married would be it. And if I could just be married, I would have it. And then I would be satisfied. And then I would be whole and happy. For others of you, some of you are married and you've got an it, but you're not happy with that one. And you wish you had her it because her it is kinder and plays with the kids and, and picks up his underwear off the floor. And if I had her it, that, that would make me happier. And so sometimes it's not even an it in, in a person. Sometimes it's it in a thing. And so you can get a thing in your mind that it's an it. So if I could have, if I could have the, the slab granite countertops, if I could have the new home, that would be my it. If I could live in that neighborhood, if I could drive that car, it would be it. And there's something out there that I'm missing. And so sometimes it's a thing. Sometimes it's the way you look and the way you feel. You're like, if I could you lose a few it's, um, then, then I would be happier. Or, or you know what? You can go get plastic surgery and add some it or a, a pair of it. And, and if I had, if I had more it, if I had an it that could, I know, I know there's something out there that would be it. There's no, there's no it. What Eve didn't know is, is that Eve forgot that she was already completely whole. This is part of the feminist movement problem. There's a fight. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I think a woman should always get an equal pay for the same job that a man can do. But laced within this is this undertone of I can do everything he can do. And, and that's a problem because here's the deal. You weren't made to do everything that he can do. And guess what? He sure can't do everything you can do. You're beautifully different. And those differences should be embraced, discovered, explored, and celebrated. You're, you're wonderfully different. It, it, it's a good thing that you're different. But Eve, Eve lost sight that she was already perfectly whole and complete. And God, I'll give you an example. She already had an incredible relationship with God. The Bible says that God walked with them in the garden. And they had a close personal relationship with God. Not only that, she had a great relationship with her husband. The Bible says they had a one flesh relationship where literally like they were attached and connected body, body mind, soul, spirit, everything was connected. They were one flesh. Here, here's another thought, ladies, you'll appreciate this. She never had to go to a closet and then figure out what to wear that day. 
she she never had to like think about her accessories or does this fit good or it rides a little too low or I mean like she didn't have to find the perfect pair of shoes that went with that outfit. Was naked all the time. So anyway, hey, hey, ladies, y'all appreciate this. She had no other woman to compare herself with. Don't you think that'd be helpful? What are you like, I don't have to compare myself. And so she, she lived in a perfect environment. Talk about slab counter. She lived in the garden of Eden. She already had everything she would ever need. She was all, ladies, I want, here's where we know. In Jesus, you already have it. You're perfectly whole. You're wonderfully and beautifully made. You, in Jesus, you are perfect. You don't got to change nothing. You don't change, yeah, you can give Lord. Yeah, you want to clap. Clap for yourself. But it's the temptation to think, well, I need more of this, and if I just had this or if I just had that, and it's to look and then to try to compare. And, then, and I'm telling you, there's just a temptation there. I want you to be whole in Jesus and know your value and your worth, that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are so valuable in your father's eyes that he sent his son to die on your behalf. That's how valuable you are. You are, you're the king's daughter. You're a daughter of the most high king. That's a great thing to be. Guys, let's talk about you. Guys, has got a different temptation. Because the thought is, at first glance, that it was the woman's fault, and she's the one that took the, the, everybody thinks it's an apple. It could have been a pear. We don't know. Could have been an orange. But that somehow Eve was off, and the man was probably working hard, you know, putting in time at the office. He was down at the factory getting her done. And she's out messing around, and then, you know, she takes her the apple, the fruit, the tree, the pear, whatever it was, and she eats it. But the Bible says something differently. It says that Adam was right there. with. So he ain't even home watching ESPN. He's not home watching, watching ESPN Classic. He is right there with her. And her, his temptation is this. His temptation is that he forfeited his leadership for passivity. What was the origin of man? The origin of man was responsibility. The origin of man had a had an idea of protector and provider and leader. And so all of a sudden, what was Adam's responsibility? Who, let me, let me back it up. Who was the one that was told not to eat of that tree? Adam was. This was before Eve came into the picture. So who was responsible for making sure that Eve knew that that was off, that that was out of bounds, that that's no. And, and then here's the deal. If he sees her being tempted I mean, like, guys, if you saw a big snake talking to your wife, <laughs> you better get a shovel or a 12-gauge. You better go to work because that's just weird. But the point is, is that his job should have been providing leadership or providing, like, the information or protecting her from temptation. That's what he should have been doing. But he was right there, and he just gave in to her. Basically, what he did was is he basically chose Eve over God. And dudes, I'm going to tell you something here. The best thing that you can do, what a woman really, really wants, is a woman wants a man that will honor and worship and love God even more than he loves her. Because if he loves God with the most, I'm telling you what, she gets this incredible trickle down. Because I'm telling you what, a guy's heart who is completely surrendered to God, he loves his wife. He surrenders. He, he serves. He protects. He provides. He does all those things. Why? Because his heart is surrendered to the Lord. And I'm telling you, so, so in light of this, here's... Here's what we'll go. We'll wrap this up. For both of you today, this is what I want you to think about. Next slide. Men and women, you are beautifully different. I'm telling you what, it's a good thing. The world would be weird if it was all women. The world would be weird if it was all dudes. It just wouldn't be right. 
But we fight and argue and bicker and we get mad and we point and we blame and we accuse one another. And really, a lot of this stuff just comes down to we're different. And the more we begin to love our differences and celebrate our... Now, listen, different doesn't mean better or worse. Different does not mean superior and inferior. You can just think of them like, hey, there's strengths and there's weaknesses. But when we come together, listen, what the New Testament says is that a beautiful marriage is actually the picture of what it's like for God to love people. So like marriage is an awesome thing. Guys, here's what I want you to know today. I want you to know that you got what it takes. You got this. Built into your system, built into your mind, your DNA, all the coding, you have been given that thing. So lead, provide, protect, you've got it. And everything in this world will try to rob you of that or demasculate you or take you from that. And I'm telling you, I want you to embrace that. Like, I want you to embrace the role of being a godly man. Ladies, here's my thought for you. You are so valuable and precious, so never, ever diminish the significance that God has given you. Never look for the it somewhere else. I'm telling you, the it is found in your relationship with God. And when you get your eyes off of that, then temptation comes. But I'm telling you what, we are beautifully different, and I want us to celebrate that. Because, ladies, when I, when I go through that list of all the quirky, I'm telling you what, I do those things. I brush my teeth and I bob my head. And I can't find things really, really well. And I yell when I have to read instructions. And I have all these little quirks and things. And so, babe, I just want you to know, my bad. I just want you to love me for who I am. I want you to know I'm trying. I'm doing my best. And my best is hopefully me pursuing my relationship with God so that I can love you better. And ladies, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to pursue your relationship with God. I know you're weird. You're so weird. You're beautifully weird, though. You're wonderfully weird, and it just means you're different. And all the things that make you different are also the things that make you great. And so I want to pray for us this morning that in your marriages and in your relationships and your future marriages that you begin to realize, you know what? God made us different, and that doesn't mean bad. That just means that there's these harmonies and these complements and these counterbalances that somehow help us come together to become this perfect picture of how God loves people. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I lift up all these people in the room today, God. Let us go out of here and be proud and excited about how you made us. Let us take care of of the gender and the body and the role and the meaning and the purpose and the value and the uniquenesses that you gave us, Lord God. And when we look at the opposite sex, God, let us not criticize and put them down and say, well, you're just being crazy or you're being this or you're being that or you're just weird or whatever. God, let us love one another and encourage one another in how you made us, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.